seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. All right, we're back. Everyone is pumped. Everyone is pumped. I think on our show, I wish we could do a podcast wave where just where everyone listening did the wave in unison. This makes no sense and never could work. But I just picture like when we go woo and then everyone starts the wave who's listening. But it would be weird. I I wish that, you know, here's the thing. And this might and we might have talked about this on a very early podcast back in our first season. I think we're in our third season now. Yeah. Um, is we should actually split it up into seasons. I think that would make sense because uh, we just go by numbers. But in our, I'm going by summers. So in our first season, I think we talked. Did we talk about the wave? Yeah. Yeah. And I forget where you stand, but I unabashedly universally love the wave. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I love it too. And people who say it, it disrupts from my experience, then don't, then sit. Yeah. Then sit and don't do the wave. Yes. Don't wave, just be sand. And <laughs> it's great. And I just like, maybe this is also a reaction to the conversation. Have you ever gone to a Nippon baseball league game? No, I want to very bad. Badly. I've never been to Japan. Nope. That's the number one place. Just got to, just got to wait for, uh, their COVID stuff is nuts. So like if you go there, you have to quarantine for 10 days and I'm not that guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of tough and, you know, I can't wait for it to open back up. I would love to go there, go to a Japanese baseball game, bang drums, sing songs. I mean, when, when you and I went to go see us versus Japan, I yeah, that Japan energy hat. was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. We had all the Japanese fans there. Another thing is like going to see the Sakura, you know, the, the, uh, cherry blossoms, you know, that happens once a year there. I can go there. I want to join Yakuza. Oh um, yeah. 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 And then like, I'll, I'll do it after you do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll roll up with now 10 and a half fingers um, <laughs> or nine and a half fingers. Sorry. Um, and then one other thing about the, uh, the wave that's just cool to me is when you're sitting out and you're watching 50,000 people do something by all accounts, very dumb together. Like I'm just all for a lot of people doing something joyful that's very dumb together and then get really pumped about it when all they're really doing is standing up and putting their hands up. But it's kind of like voting. (laughs) Oh, yes. uh, And he already went there. Well, let's get right into it with the with the theme with the theme of today. The theme of today is the end of eras and not errands, eras. As in the end of different eras, when things come to an end, when things change course. And so a lot of our topics are going to be touching on the end of eras. We have a pretty wild show today because the world is pretty wild right now. So for us to bring you a calm, safe show would be so against brand of who we are. Yes. And and I think, you know, we, we want to start off this this sort of end of an era I think something that I don't have on Aaron's and my agenda sheet, but just a quick news from the bomb shelter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is more of a question, Aaron. Do you feel like people have generally stopped talking about Ukraine? Yes. 
Um, is there still not an existing like actual war going on there still? No, there is a war and, yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a part of the problem with what our, our uh, society's attention span. It's all it's, I believe we are living in the most me generation ever. Me, M E M E spells me. If you go backwards, it's M, but me, because everyone, and I find this about lots of things in life, everyone, it's about what affects them the most in that moment. Mm-hmm. And for a while, Ukraine and that war was, it was like a hop, it was hot, it was cool. It was cool to have a Ukraine flag. It was cool to talk about it. It was cool and this and that. And then, and then it becomes money. And then people are worried about money because of gas. And then gas becomes cool. And then it's the economy. And then it's, it's just different hot button things. So we're like seven or eight. And then we've got the, which we'll touch on later, the uh, Capitol riot hearings. Now that's a thing. So it's like the, the cool thing. It's like eight cool things passed of in uh, in terms of disasters yep yep and it's to, a, it's, to, it's to pretend you care about so it's like it's, it's like uh you know let's say let's just say that certain people some people are self-righteous in our world in our country let's just say some are I'm not saying that and none of our listeners are but i'm saying people are out there let's say they are self-righteous um we're we're like down the list of the things they need to be self-righteous about now so uh, in terms of Ukraine. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's it's funny to see how the the zeitgeist and the discourse around what's happening in the world, how things just, as you're saying, go in and out of fashion. And it's generally the people that are the loudest that are determining what is what is the topic du jour are often the terminally online those that actually contribute, not everybody, but there's a big portion of them that contribute nothing to the world besides getting behind causes and doing actually nothing for them, but determining that they are significant contributors because they're bringing awareness by just doing something simply as changing their profile pictures and putting out some hateful tweets about anybody that might disagree with them um, and acting as moral superior people, morally superior people. So yeah, I'm really curious as to what will be the- Oh God. which and you speaking of that, even the gun the gun issue feels like that that trend like left. Oh yeah, last remember week. shootings? Oh yeah, God, that's so over. That's, that's so that's over. so that's so June sixth. Yeah, so it's yeah it's these fake activists are taking away energy by sucking it all up and then driving whatever they feel should be the topics and yeah it's. But anyway, hopefully there's an end of an era to them. If you put uh, it on your Instagram story or your TikTok, it doesn't mean you're doing anything. Correct. It correct. means you're maybe having the right intentions. So put up that story and then do something about it. An yeah. action. Something that, you know, the best, uh, the number one way to give charitably is to give anonymously. So with your activism, if you can think of, all right, that's the like simplest way is to make a statement where everyone knows you care. Then go do something where nobody knows and you're just doing it to do it. Yeah. There's people that say awareness. And now I want to the- tell you about all of the things that I've done anonymously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't tell you the things I've done anonymously because they would be bad. But um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's, they say, people say awareness is half the battle. 
they're wrong because awareness is like 1% of the battle and then actually doing something about it is 99%. Yeah. So yeah, enough of the awareness people we know now do something. Uh, wait, I have to do one rant. Can I do one rant that yes, and about, about awareness? Because you yes. said the word awareness. Yes. I'm not going to say specifics, but in general, my life, some people I know, but directly in my life and in some, yeah, and other people I care about. If you get behind the wheel of a car, pay attention, please, mm. for the love of God, pay attention. And if you get behind the wheel of a car and you've been drinking, get out of that car and call an Uber. And if you mm -hmm. get behind the wheel of a car and you have not been drinking, but you're in a rush, remember your rush, getting there at one minute faster could hurt someone else's life. Yep. And if I may add to that, no, you don't drive better when you're stoned. Yeah. Oh, that too. And you re and also same with heroin. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, just pay attention. And everyone uh, remember that the number one pandemic in our country is not COVID. It's cars. It's people driving. It's people getting hurt and killed on the road. I thought it was obesity. Oh, maybe that. But whatever, it sounds bad. <laughs> the number two. Whatever. whatever, my statement sounded more effective. Yes, yeah, sorry to contradict you, but I think you're probably right somewhere. I agree with everything you just said. Um, so now let's Aaron. move on. Let's move on. Yeah, to let's move on to something like really joyous and happy. Um, let's talk about the housing market. Mm. Um, now, Aaron, I am not a homeowner. Um, and one of the biggest reasons that I'm not a homeowner is not because I'm anticipatory of market trends or because I'm, you know, I haven't decided what city I'm settling down. No, none of those are factors. It's because I'm absolutely terrible saving up for a home. <laughs> and I've watched my own neighborhood. Um, you know, when we moved here, I guess it was the beginning of the end in many ways for the existing neighborhood. Um, but that was the end of an era. You were you came when your area became uh, uh, a rich area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of a wealthy area, but the demographics, we were part of the demographic shift, which I, you know, is definitely significant. And property values have gone up in our neighborhood in the past three years. And I'm not saying this because I moved there, um, <laughs> but property values have gone up about 70% in our neighborhood in three years In three years. It's been out of control out of control like homes that were going for like 1.2 million have just been sold for like 2.2 or just two and a home that was bought down the end of the street at 1.65 last summer in like april or may um so last spring this is uh, now this segment of the hopeless show is brought to you by rich people oh yeah it's now valued at like two three really and so and they haven't even done anything it just went up and so, but I think this is all that has generally brought me hopelessness. But now Aaron, I want to talk to you about the other side of that hopelessness. According to experts, it looks like we're headed for another housing crash. And I don't think anybody's saying it's going to approach anywhere near levels of 2008, which was, you know, obviously like 
impacted by government and lending and loans. But this is the big a, short. Yes, the big short. Great movie. Very informative. Watch it. Um, but the right now, housing values are down 10% of where they were one year ago. Um, and they have are set to have continue the negative trajectory. Um, and they say that the housing market, when that crashes, yeah, it's the biggest sign of another economical collapse. Because, I mean, already inflation is very bad. We've got, you know, joblessness that I think is better than it, you know, than the past couple of years. I mean, COVID was a tough one, but people are coming out of that. But I think overall, um, yeah, it's inflation, gas prices, housing. How can we find some light in this impending darkness that feels like the, the big bad wolf is pounding at the door? I have a bit of hope of hope for you. Um, I two pieces. One, I do feel as much as things are economically going bad right now, I think a lot of that has to do, and you can look at the history of this stuff, it has to do with policies that were put in place the four years prior with uh, not taxing the billionaires and corporations and stuff. That was switched. The Unfortunately for President Biden, I think uh, some of the benefits of that won't come into effect until he's probably done being president. But... Um, they will come into effect. So like those short term solutions to make the economy boom further uh, are just that they're short term nearsighted solutions and they have ramifications. We're seeing them right now uh, with the housing market. It's the same thing. It caused a boom. It caused everyone to feel wealthier than they were and caused a boom. And now we're at the end of that era. But, so part one, does that make a little sense? I think so, but it seems as if, you know, we faced a major economic boom before COVID. Like, things were going great. Neither of us loved the previous guy, but things were going right. Right. They were actually going better uh, in terms of the slope, the upward slope in Obama's previous three years before Trump. Then these... Programs get put in place that's cut, cut, cut. Don't tax the rich, don't tax corporations. The supposed trickle-down effect happens, and it's been proven time and again over the course of U.S. history that it doesn't work. It's a short-term fix for a, that's a long-term problem. It's like, it's history rewriting itself again and again and again, and it's happening yet again. Sometimes it happens in the Republican uh, president's second term, and sometimes it happens... Uh, because they don't get elected and in the, uh, the Democrats first term. So in this case, it's the Democrats first term in George W. Bush's case, it was his second term uh, as two recent historical references. So that's where I'm saying what I'm saying with that. Um, make a little sense in bringing you hope. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't know if it brings hope because I just don't know what pieces of legislature are would actually stimulate our economy. Right this second none. It's a long term thing. Uh, I don't the, you can't stimulate in the short term. You can't do that magic fix right now. Um, these plans take a while to take effect when when uh, the you know, the when billionaires are getting taxed eight percent, but the poorest people are getting taxed 15 or 20. That's going to be an inherent problem in our country. We're not getting the tax flow and the money to 
run our country in the correct way and it makes the rich get richer but there's no middle class anyway i don't need to go in on you know yeah, as a as a doctor in economics i don't need to go into all my theories and yeah. then I there's mean, a second hope though well yes okay. yeah i don't know if i buy the first one because it's just it doesn't seem like we've seen anything concrete that will then help because it's it, even beyond gas and inflation and all this shit, the the market the stock market is just taking a dive and that means retirement plans that means investments that means everything that is keeping people afloat for the future is plummeting just remember it's only going to get worse remember that overall when the stock market the stock market did amazing in the middle of a pandemic when people had no jobs had no money when homelessness was at an all-time high when people were suffering the most the stock market was at an all-time high so the reverse as the stock market goes down it's still a fract the stock market is not the economy um everyone has to remember that even if our listeners are all uh, in the stock market the stock market is not the economy but it, but it's very it reflects the economy it can i mean in the pandemic it didn't to me i mean it didn't at all there were i knew more people suffering financially than ever and uh and people were getting really really rich in the market that's true the housing market did explode during that i guess people wanted to work from home all that yeah okay well let's get to your second one because i'm not sure if i'm convinced on the first bit of hope yet because i haven't seen anything concrete that would help us so concrete um my building which is uh a condo building mm -hmm. two units have been sold in the last couple weeks for above asking price and double triple quadruple what the people bought them for so uh whatever that downward trend is from a first from a bird's eye view of my place is not the case at all there are still many people who are buying in this market regardless again of the market being up or down yeah and so, I think, yeah, there is. I think you're right. I think we are generally L.A., San Francisco, New York are generally protected. They're 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 imperm, impenetrable bubbles that will never burst um, in terms of housing. So we are very lucky. I'm just it's actually not true either because sorry, to, this is like a debate. That's not true either. During the housing crash, uh, all of I, the place that people in my building, I was before I lived there, but the values got destroyed and some people lost their units so there is a case where where that what was that like 2009 ish i think 2008 Eight, um, yep so that era like 2008 9 10 is it was just it did crash it is not crashing right now people are buying so, so how do you what would you say to our listeners how do we prepare for this if we cannot invest in the stock market because that's plummeting it doesn't make sense right now it's possibly investing in real estate is almost unattainable due to its high prices and even if you can then it might not be as steady what should people do to prepare for the inevitable downturn uh, it's very simple to me because it's an end of I think we're at an end of this era of of the get rich quick and the like things are rosier than they seem we're and we're at the end of that era so what i recommend people do if 
again, we just talked about short-sightedness and people forgetting what just happened. Remember when we were all stuck at home and couldn't do anything, and now we can do things? Like, my recommendation is stop looking at dollars and cents every second, and whatever your means allow, live life. And don't focus on the news every day. Don't focus on the ups and downs every day. You don't, if you don't need the money, you don't need to look at your portfolio every day or every week or every month. You just don't need to. You can just go about living life because for so long, all we had was this stuff to look at. Now we don't. Now we can just put it aside and live life. What you can afford, go do things, go live. Uh, right. Because you never know, and a speaking of the car thing, just to bring back, you never know when things can totally change in one instant. And then all that worry you've had about money and economy and market and all that is out the window because your life has changed forever. Well, and then maybe we can say for those living paycheck to paycheck that don't necessarily have that luxury, maybe invest in gold or something. Like for massive or don't, in, no, or don't invest right now. Just keep cash and enjoy the, uh, the things you are able to do. But still try and save something. That's what I mean. And save cash. Yeah. Put cash yeah. in a box. <laughs> it's still worth something, at least now. And put it in a bank. Or a bank. Or a bank. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I don't even trust those totally. So put it in wherever you want to put it and, and, uh, and go, go see a movie. Go see a movie. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Let's I hope that on. gave you some hope. Or at least Not a different really. perspective. Did it, it give, give you a perspective, different... but I don't know how much hope I feel from it, but it's a developing thing. We're still early on, you know, maybe, maybe this. Sorry, you've been, while you've been talking, I've been checking my portfolio. I didn't hear you. What? <laughs> from your yacht. Um, <laughs> and I think transitioning us into crypto watch, not much to say here, except uh, Dogecoin is almost at the fucking back to three cents. So here's a question for you. So cryptocurrency it turns out mirrors direct, pretty much mirrors the stock market and has been for a while. So based on that, do you think now would be a time to buy? Do you believe in cryptocurrency still long-term? Do you think it's a time to sell or do you think it's a time to just wait? Truth be told, I actually feel far less confidence than I ever have, um, especially the fact that governments in terms of taxes are making it really hard to do multiple crypto transactions, you know, um, so it's gonna be harder to report on. It's gonna be a natural deterrent from people. Then the government itself is gonna be taxing it differently. You know, unrealized gains might be an actual thing um, that not only impact crypto, but impact the market. Meaning you get taxed not on you making profits on your sales, but rather if your portfolio went up, you get taxed on it even if you didn't release any of that money. So um, that I think is gonna scare people off and they're definitely gonna try and implement it for crypto. The third, government's introducing their own uh, sort of you know, altcoins or their own sort of monetary digital coins um, that are meant to compete I have actually never been more bearish on crypto than I haven't since the first time I ever heard of it many years ago. All right, well, here, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people I know, myself sometimes included, are very reactionary. They're reactionary to what they see in front of them in that moment. You, we've been friends a long time now, and uh, you uh, fall into the category of very reactionary person overall. 
in that like if things are great you really love them like you're like the most hype which is fun it's endearing and then when things are bad they're like a disaster and terrible and then so that bad terrible can change to being that great and amazing very quickly based on what happens directly in front of you per yeah. like row it so um maybe step back for a second look at the big picture of all the times you've been reactionary with things or crypto or anything in life and think oh it doesn't always stay that way and uh and then you'll maybe maybe then a new decision will come about with this because we'll uh, see <laughs> right you're see. like and i feel terrible <laughs> yeah Ugh. um well yeah i hope some listeners feel hope but Wow, this has so far been a depressing. This has been a depressing show. Well, let's make it worse by no. Let's yeah. Let's let's keep going. Maybe make it a little more hopeful. Yeah. Uh, Ro, right now, and right now, what you are seeing right now. This is Rohit's low. He is hitting a low right now. This is his. This is his saddest. And uh, so let's try to cheer him up with a debate. I might just hand it to you if we disagree, just to make you yeah. feel better. I need a win. But here's the thing. Aaron, we're debating on a topic where I'm not sure where I stand, but I think I know where I stand. And I'll start with the oh. question, then I'll get into the... Then I'll get become into... indecisive? Oh, no. I know. This I'm going to start with a question, um, and then I'll get into the context around the question. Okay. The first a question for you, Aaron, in the beginning of our debate segment. Yeah. Should elephants have the same rights as people? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, you're firm. No. Okay, I'm leaning to yes. Okay. And um, they're so not there is, people. Um, there's, yeah. I mean, they should have rights. Animals should have rights, but not the same as people. <laughs> so there's a controversy right now about Happy the elephant. Um, now, Happy is a, uh, a, a an elephant that's over 40 years old um, that's been at the Bronx Zoo almost her entire life. She's an Asian elephant. So I probably said when I've been to the Bronx Zoo, I've probably seen happy. I have. Yeah, I'm sure I chance. have. I'm sure I have too. I mean, yeah, we both. Yeah. Um, by vote five to two, an appellate court uh, rejected an animal's advocacy's uh, attempt to have, you know, they argued that happy was being illegally detained at the zoo and should be transferred to a more natural environment, a preserve. Okay. Now their argument and the, what this all kind of fail, fell down on was that they felt that the Bronx Zoo does not have enough room for Happy to move around. Um, Happy's companion had died just through like not being in a great situation. Happy's just been super depressed, super sad. She's fucked up. Um, and it kind of came down to the question of if animals can be covered under the writ of habeas corpus. Now, Aaron, I know it's been a long time since we both were in school. Um, do you recall the writ of habeas corpus, or would you like me to give a little bit of uh, recap for you and the listeners? Um, I know I need recap. I'm, I, my, our listeners are smarter than me, but I, I do. I need recap. Yeah. So the writ of habeas corpus, corpus um, what it says, it orders the caretakers of an individual in custody, generally in prison or detainment. Um, to be able to produce that individual before court to be able to speak to themselves, to, to say, hey, listen, I have the right to testify. I'm a prisoner. 
I have the right to appear either for prosecution or testify for myself or against or for someone else, mm -hmm. but the ability for an individual who's being detained, who's being detained to be able to answer questions and be able to testify on their, even on, when it comes to their own behalf in terms of their own welfare. Now the court said because an elephant could not fulfill testifying under the writ of habeas corpus, it is not afforded the same rights as a human. So therefore, even though it's inarguable that the Bronx uh, enclosure is harmful to the elephant, but the elephant is not able to say it's harmful, and the elephant, the, and this animal rights group is not able to have the elephant removed from the property of the Bronx Zoo and transferred to a sanctuary with free range for an elephant where it could be happy. Okay. Well, he's always happy because his name is I happy. Mean, yeah, that's like the People's Republic, the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, makes no they're sense. not really democratic and it's not made by the people. No. So, um, well, I have a couple things with this. Yes. With the uh, writ habeas corpuses things. Mm-hmm. Uh, elephants are not people. Uh, they are elephants. The reason people, the reason elephants have the rights they do, for example, you can't poach elephants uh, for their tusks in many places, is because of things like zoos and other and films, things where people have gotten to know how to protect elephants, how to care for elephants and animals in general. That's why I think, again, it's one of those gray area things. Without zoos, without uh, human interaction with these animals, they can just go be abused because humans wouldn't know to care about these animals in the first place. There are no elephants in the U.S. We wouldn't even know, like no one would ever have had that human interaction with an elephant to even know to care about the elephant. It's because of zoos that we've ever seen an elephant. I've never been to a place where there's an, well, I guess I have, but uh, besides the point. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Bronx Zoo probably needs to change their habitat for Happy the Elephant, make it better, make it whatever is wrong with it, make it better. But also we as humans have a right to inform, educate, and protect animals from people who are against animals and for yeah. people. So I just think it's a little of both. I think animal rights activists can be too far one way. And then people who are, who like love to hold up a dead cheetah are too much the other way. So I think there's a bit of both and the Bronx Zoo probably needs to make changes, but also we have to remember that part of a lot of our knowledge of animals comes from keeping some animals in habitats where people can learn about the animal in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And you bring up very valid points. I mean, I think there's a lot of really messed up zoos that should not be nowhere near animals and other yeah, places like that the tiger act as sanctuaries. The tiger, yeah. tiger King stuff. Oh, God, awful. And the argument made by the Bronx Zoo and the, the defendant was that, it, and even the ruling by the judges, if you say elephant, elephants can testify or can be considered under the writ of habeas corpus, which means that they also need to have their rights protected in this, in this situation, mm. that means does that expense the dogs? 
Does that mean animal rights activists can take away your dog if they feel like dogs shouldn't be you know, kept in certain exactly. environments? Exactly. It's too So, and I think, yeah, extreme. there is there is giving too much protection to certain special interest groups. So I see that, but it's just heartbreaking to see that that happy in 2005 passed a, passed a test um, where they showed her a mirror. They, they, they made an X on it and tape on her forehead. They showed her a mirror without telling her anything. And then she used her trunk and just started tapping. She recognized herself and she tapped the X on her head. And that was just showing, it, she passed this test of self-awareness. Um, and only humans, apes and dolphins have ever been able to do that before. And they have a certain level of intellect. And it's like, it's our job to be stewards of the planet, not rapists of the planet. And I think like this is a situation where I think I would have sided with the animal protection group because they provided her. They're not trying to give her additional rights that aren't that would then take away or anything. They're just trying to move her to a more humane space. And maybe and, in this case that needs to happen because the Bronx Zoo isn't up to date. I don't know that. Answer. Yeah. But to classify um, an elephant as a human is uh, is a little silly. Yeah, it's so, and they, Bronx Zoo has a two acre enclosure, which is bigger than most other elephant zoo enclosures. But in reality, elephants need way more space to roam, way more. They're huge. So, um, but yeah, anyway. So I think in terms of the debate, maybe you've taken this one because probably it's, it's you know, there's some moderation there, but I don't know. I'm still really sad on behalf of Happy and all the abused magical animals that are out there that are. That we that is the case. horrible I, people, and I think us, the good zoos and the good enclosures are part of the reason that animal rights act, activist groups even exist, because people grew up getting to learn about animals, getting to learn what different animals were like, getting to care about animals in the first place. Yeah, that's yeah, my, that, and uh, an audience can you can chime in too. You can. Uh, we're very curious what you think about this one. Let's see. Let's see. Um, all right. So let's continue our depression tour. Um, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, maybe you can liven it up a little. Um, well, first, I'm going to say briefly how depressed I am with our fantasy, your fantasy league that I'm in. Oof. Because I just, it is the worst uh, fantasy situation I've ever been in in terms of injuries. Every day, someone else gets hurt. So I'm just, I have, I'm just keeping people now because. I think I'm just screwed, and I, you, you can't have 15 injuries in two weeks, two, maybe three weeks now, 15 injuries and still be good. I'm just picking up random people, and all of my guys have gotten hurt, and, you, and you've seen. like, And I've dropped a lot of players that are good just because I can't play with 12 injured people. So Yeah, I mean, you're 6-23 and 23 in your last three weeks combined. 6-23, and 23, and before that I was yeah. in second place, and it's all because yep. if – if you're entire, like, let's say you're, you're, I'm a Dodger fan, and let's say all of the Dodgers got hurt, and they have a good, talented team, and then they all got hurt, so then they're playing with minor leaguers. Well, they're going to lose all of a sudden, and that's sort of what happened to my team. I mean, the amount of injuries was uh, was astronomical. It was every, and I think I just, I have two more today, so um, that's depressing. But I have, I have a bit of hope for you. I. Uh, what do you got? I was watching a Blue Jays versus Orioles game. Mm -hmm. The Orioles won in part yep. because of six five, right? Six five, yeah. Did you yep. watch that one? I got the I got the alert. I was working, um, so I couldn't watch the game. Um, well, the 
See, I just I go on the MLB app when there's like a close game, and I just look at it. And I could be on a Zoom, I could be on a call, I could be doing anything, but I go do that instead and pretend I'm paying attention to whatever I'm paying attention to. And what I saw was something awesome. There's a shortstop on the Orioles named Jorge Mateo. Mm -hmm. And because we've talked so much, you've been so sad today and in general about your Orioles. And Jorge Mateo made this play that really saved the game for the Orioles. There was a play, I mean, I've almost never seen a play quite like this. It was a decent grounder to short. He barehanded it in one swoop, not only barehanded it around his, around his chest, but then threw it to first and got out a sliding Bobachette. And if you haven't seen the play, check it out. It's unbelievable. I will, I will watch it. We've got a nice young team there. And, and he's you know, cool. And actually, he's good. He's exciting. He's energetic. And Adley Rushman, you know, let's see what he can do, you know, with more time in the majors. But I got to say, right now, Aaron, as of June 15th, 1247 Pacific time, there are, and this is like incredible, there are six teams in the majors that are worse than the Orioles. Yeah. You're not them, that bad. And one of them is the Washington Nationals. Um, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates, that's four. Um, so there's seven teams worse. Um, then the Tigers is five, Royals six, and Athletics seven. So the Orioles are the eighth worst team in baseball, and that's pretty good. Or the 22nd best team. Yes. You got to look up. We, we're trying to get you to cheer up today. Yeah, I think it's, it's the, 23rd best. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's the, great. It's the end of the era of you being completely down on the Orioles. They have an exciting young fun team that i believe within the next couple years will be competitive so that's our sports update in terms of interviews i believe next week we have an exciting interview to bring to bring we have an exciting interview to bring to you but i will wait on that but just as a it's a little bookkeeping we do bookkeeping in this show so it's a little bookkeeping right there about next can i tell them can i tell them reveal that it's barack obama <laughs> yeah no, uh, hold off. Yes. New listeners, we've kind of had this gag for a long time. Every time Aaron announces a new guest, I'm always trying to guess if it will be Barack Obama <laughs> finally. But Barry, get back to our emails. Please be a guest. Yeah. Well, we're just going to call him Hussein. Yeah. Until you join our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we'll have to show you disrespect. Until, uh, yes. Yeah. Until you join, we would love to have you. And uh, really, that goes for every past president we, that's alive. We're down to have any, or current president. We're down to have any president. Yes, even, any, even that even one. That one. <laughs> even that one. I mean, yes, especially that one, because that would be really good for our ratings. Yes. We oh. would, we'd get all sorts of new listeners. I mean... <laughs> Some might be very cool. Some might be very unsavory, but whatever it is, you're welcome because we are cool and unsavory at the same time. So this is a perfect show for you. And, <laughs> so. and, that, and we're there. We're there for it. Uh, I have my MAGA hat on back order just in case. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be like, we've, we're such huge fans. <laughs> we love that. The biggest fans. So all right, well, I'm, I'm, my mood has improved a little bit. The idea, so, the idea. I of, think you have a nice light topic we're about to get to. Oh yes, it, it's a perfect segue. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I still kind of find funny. Yeah, you've got to find it less funny. It's not funny. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree that the shaman, the guy that <laughs> it was like a Viking shaman thing guy, yeah. like that little aspect is funny. But an event where a lot of people die and get hurt for life and stuff, at, for because some people incited a riot, is just not funny to me. Yeah, it takes the funny down from an eight to a seven or a six and a half. Jesus. Well, look, because if if you were to honestly, I haven't done it yet, but if you were to put the Benny Hill music, you know, and and then sped up the January 6th footage up to one and a half X straight comedy, straight comedy. And like people are shitting on the walls, stealing podiums, like <laughs> just being walking out looking lost, like being escorted <laughs> in my police uh, one and a half speed. That is probably pure comedy and hilarity and nothing can make me feel otherwise. <laughs> well, Ro, now we know already where Rohit stands on topic number two. He thinks it is the best comedy on TV right now. It's so funny. And what we're talking about is the capital situation and the hearings and what's going on. And the latest, and for those who don't know about the capital hearings and the capital riots, just, you don't need to listen to this show. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why you're listening to this show. Like, you, like go, go read something, <laughs> like learn about things. But that hearing that's going on right now, uh, it just came out breaking news that there is a senator or a congressman named Barry. La I mean, this is a funny name. Barry Loudermilk. Loudermilk. <laughs> Loudermilk. Barry. See, I'm telling you, nothing about this is not funny. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> Barry Loudermilk. <laughs> I mean, I'm more of a fan of his cousin, John Softermilk, but but he's Loudermilk. Is uh, he denied that he had taken people on a tour of the Capitol the day before, and some of those people were Capitol rioters, and he was showing them pathways to go riot the Capitol. He denied he even took did this tour, thinking it would just get brushed, you know, swept under the rug. Well, lo and behold, the footage didn't get swept under the rug. There is footage of him giving these Capitol rioters a tour of the Capitol that isn't a tour that is normally given that shows pathways and ways to go to get to different chambers of the Capitol. So these very Capitol riots could do exactly what they did the next day. Okay. Tell me it's not hilarious that he got caught lying. <laughs> that's it's funny to me. Not that he got caught. Cause that's obvious. It's funny that he thought he'd get away with it. Yeah. I'm telling you every <laughs> angle is hilarious. That's <laughs> people are and I was saying the same thing. You don't have to love the guy, but Donald Trump had the most hilarious Twitter account in the history of Twitter. Well, we're getting okay? to, we're getting to that. Yeah. So if I think people, the part of the coping is finding the comedy, you know, because there's a very fine line between tragedy and comedy in life, a very fine line. And I choose to toe the line of comedy when possible. And at least you're back to being Rowett for a while. We lost you for a while today. Oh, I know it was, yeah, it was finances are depressing. Finances are depressing, but people losing yeah, but their people lives in being the riot. morons climbing the fucking Capitol is kind of hilarious. And falling. They were <laughs> falling and they're getting arrested. Now they're on court, on TV, embarrassed in front of the fucking world. How is that not funny? Well, I'll tell you how. Uh, that, 
a lot of people still are totally with them and think that this election was stolen, that Donald Trump was the the best president in, ever. And then Donald Trump, because he doesn't have Twitter anymore, and Truth Social, turns out there's not much truth to it, and it's not very social because you get <laughs> you get kicked. Fact, those, so factual, yes, you are correct. There's no truth in Truth Social. The Truth Social is the Democratic People's Republic of Korea of, of, of social, social platforms. Social media, where the moment <laughs> yeah. you disagree with something that Donald Trump thinks, you get kicked off and banned yes. for life. Okay, and tell me that's also not funny. It's pretty you funny. can't say it's not funny. No, it's funny. That is funny. What's <laughs> okay. also not funny and makes me feel hopeless <laughs> is people are still into this guy who not only not only this riot capital riots going on, not only is he den- he is not even denying it. He is doubling down on it. <laughs> and he wrote this 12-page manifesto about it and how the uh, there, that he was mad. I mean, one of the points is he was mad that the committee was saying that there were some people at the riot because he said there were lots of people there. <laughs> <laughs> there were tons of people there, and he is upset that that they were saying there weren't as many people there as there were. Aaron. I was in such a down mood. You, this this segment on the Capitol riots has really lifted my mood. I'm feeling good. This is hilarious. This is fun, and it's funny. So thank you for this. And this has brought me hope, even though we're not here for me. Well, because this is your hopeless topic. I I feel hopeless, but this is fun to talk about. Uh, I feel hopeless a bit, but and then another thing that he claimed is on election night, his lead over Biden grew and grew. And then, so how the next day could it have gone down? And to me, that's like saying, uh, wait, in the fifth inning, we were up four to two. How come in the ninth inning did they not count that and say that we lost five to four? Like, it's the same. It's like, dude, you weren't at the end of an election night. When it goes to the next day, there's lots of ballots still to count. Bruh. And you've been and you were losing, by the way, in terms of popular vote the entire time. So maybe more vote anyway, it's it what's what's amazing to me is that we are and and hope feel I feel hopeless is that we're even at this point. That we're having this hearing and and he's still doing it. He's still like he this guy is such a sociopathic narcissist that even when there's a big hearing that could get him indicted he's still doubling down on the very crimes that he's being said he committed hey iris i don't like the guy but i respect when people can stick to their convictions <laughs> you know we have too many people like you know it shows strength and then for people that are not able to pick up sarcasm i should not have to indicate that yes um so for the love of God, then also you probably shouldn't be listening to this show. No, um, Rowan is so, not saying that he's uh, supports Donald Trump, but no, he is saying no. that he respects him <laughs> <laughs> deeply and immensely. Maybe I'll vote for him. Maybe he should be president. So, so, but that's another thing to look forward to. Aaron is just the sheer comedy of how this trial is going to play out because so many stupid things are going to come out and 
it's going to be just something we'll be able to laugh about for the rest of our lives. Well, all right. Then uh, I'll just... I'm going to go with you on this one because I just don't want you to fe- go down again and feel sad. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's enjoy the comedy of this all. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And and uh, so we just have a few more things and then we're done. Um, should yeah. we? Uh, well, um, real quick, just to guess the BTS. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tragic news. It is the end of an era. Uh, I know you don't have to guess it. You also know about this that uh, BTS has has decided to break up. Our favorite K-pop band, when we started this show, they were on the rise, getting bigger and bigger than ever. They are still bigger than, they're the biggest thing on the planet, but they are breaking up. And I just feel sad because we're gonna keep this segment. I don't know how, we're gonna keep it. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, I don't know if you can see, I have a bunch of cuts on my arm. Yeah. Cause I've been just in depression oh. since you told me about this news. Yes. For, yeah, I'm not sure if there's six or seven BTS members, but I got to make sure that I have the right amount. You, you know, have, I'll check I, after I'll re- Google I as a big fan. I think there's seven. I feel like there would be seven. It's like a nice odd number. You know, it's like that way you could have a good, like a, a guy in the middle of the pyramid in the front, you know, then you got like even stacks behind cause you need to have like a main guy. Right. So you got one in the front, two, two, two that are staggered out to the sides. So I think that looks best for photography. Yeah, for which is photography. My, I believe that there's probably seven. I'm sure we can Google this, but we're running out of time. So, but Aaron, this is heartbreaking. This is our favorite band that we've only heard a few songs from. And we're very sad for the whole community. Wish them all really well on their personal endeavors. I mean, if they can hit it like one direction and hit like the level of success that like Harry Styles and Zane and the other four or five of Wonder Actually, well, I have no idea who they are. Um, if so, they can hit the success that two of the members of One Direction hit. Yeah, then it's great. So maybe we'll take, Aaron, maybe here's the thing. Maybe we'll take suggestions from our listeners on which band we can obsess over next and find a new obsession for a band that's still together. Yes, yes, yeah. oh man. This will expand our own music horizons. Preferably from another country. Yes, yes. Um, so I hope that brought you some hope that we have a new, we can move on to a new band and expand our horizons and, and find I just, a new obsession. And I did just see maybe there will be some more news for this segment because one of the members of BTS is headlining Lollapalooza. So I guess solo they're going to be doing big things already. I love it. I love it. Good for them. And uh, so should we go right to our uh, Hope in 60s and then... Uh... Yeah, let's do this. I think we got one. Let me start the timer. Um, and pull out my handy dandy Hope in 60 timer app and you're up. I feel sad because the movie Lightyear is coming out with about Buzz Lightyear, his origin story of the actual person. And to me, Disney got a bit too woke here and uh, they got rid of Tim Allen. And the voice is Chris Evans. And Tim Allen is a Republican. He's also funny. And like, and he created this character. And I just don't agree with, even if I don't agree with some of his politics, I don't know that much about him. But I just don't agree with, uh, with getting rid of uh, him. I couldn't agree more. This was just like, this is like, oh my God, do they think that he's going to convert people into being like alt-right terrorists to then hilariously storm the Capitol? No, uh, he's just a voice. He's the beloved voice of Buzz Lightyear. And so I think, I think this is just, 
I can't. I don't know if I can bring hope to this, but maybe other. I, and I love Chris Evans, so they they set. I mean, they actually recast him. I think with a wonderful actor and a wonderful person, um, but. Yeah, I was also feeling a bit hopeless about this too. It's like there was no need to recast Buzz Lightyear. That is him. It's to infinity and beyond. It's Tim, Allen. Tim Allen. And and who cares it, about if he's a Republican? If and we've talked about this. If people looked into their heroes, don't get to know your heroes. John Lennon, all these people like, yo, there's some dark shit in their past. But you gotta appreciate the art, not the artist. And I think that what they did is just blatantly went against that. So um that means, you know, if you and I ever go to Disney, which I think we try to one day, yep. um, I'm going to buy one less beer there. <laughs> That's even a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to buy one less beer and we're going to get a seltzer instead. Um, so uh, Exactly. So let's, uh, let's conclude the show with, I, you know what? The submissions, all I'm going to say is I tried to have a couple conversations with uh, some people who submitted about um, some of this, you know, right-wing capital riot stuff, not this specifically, but, and I had tried to have conversations where I just asked more why they felt the way they felt. And I just realized it's very, very hard in this climate to even have a conversation. But if you do submit, I would love to keep trying to have that conversation with you. And we'll get more into yeah. this topic uh, next week. But I just, it's very hard because no matter what someone, it's just, we're, we're in the, the, uh, the business of just labeling people as a blanket group. And so my only takeaway from some of these submissions is we can't do that. You're not just left or just right. You're not just liberal or you're just conservative. You're not just a Democrat or Republican. You don't need to label people, people yes. as in. Left versus right is very small PP business. Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, and and so that's, but we'll talk more about it. And uh, and the last thing, just hope fulfilled. I want to thank everyone because there were a number of people who wrote me in in the election in LA to uh, for one of the positions where there was just one person running. So I had suggested writing myself in, in as a, the opposition just to get a couple votes and I did did you win I didn't win so I, I did not win but I did they sent a, a bunch of people sent me their screen grabs of my name next to the guy who won because there's no one against him and well, so I am just honored thank you for your vote uh, this campaign has been a long arduous struggle and of me putting up I think one Instagram post and so thank you well, Aaron, I think we can all learn from this, and I wish you luck on your next um, your next election. And for the rest of us, uh, I wish you all luck. Uh, Aaron and I both do. Um, you know, you can catch Aaron at Vohit for Aaron um, <laughs> on all the major platforms now that he's a politician. Um, <laughs> but if you can't find that one, he's the Aaron Wolf on all the platforms. He's a good follow, um, and I am Vohit for Rohit with the number four right in the middle. Also a good um, follow. Yeah, uh, but not as good as Aaron. But still, follow me anyway, because um, <laughs> Aaron has more followers. I could use some of his followers. But anyway, um, yeah, we hope you're feeling a bit hopeful. Um, thanks for tuning in. We got you more hopeful. You know what we did today? We, we did. got you we more hopeful. We got. I started laughing over domestic terrorism. <laughs> it was funny. So anyway, um, I got to run. And good show, Aaron. And every listeners, we will catch you next week. Peace. When the world
seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show.